You're listening to the Colts Blue Zone Podcast with Mike Chappell and Dave Griffiths. Inside the Fox 59 CBS4 Podcast Studio, this is the Colts Blue Zone Podcast alongside Mike Chappell. I'm Dave Griffiths. Joe Hopkins here on the board as well. And surprise of surprises, perhaps this NFL season, Mike. Uh, I know Joe and Matt got into it earlier this week in our first weekly edition of the Colts Blue Zone Matt podcast. Matt picked this, didn't he? I think Matt did pick this. Shout out to Statomatty on Twitter. Give him a follow. It may be, maybe you know that uh, mobile gambling is, is legal now in the state of Indiana. You want to follow Statomatty, see what he has to say. If he can pick <laughs> the Colts over the Chiefs and have a reason behind it, well, well, well. Props to you, sir. The Col- the Colts are victors over the Chiefs going into the bye week, three and two. Uh, we'll we'll touch on our impressions, Mike. Uh, you and me of that that Colts win before moving on to more overarching themes. But I mean, we we talked about it before we were on. It, unless you get, get a paycheck from Jim Irsay, who could have seen this coming? Stunning, stunning result. I, I've always said that over the course of a year, you're going to win one you shouldn't, and lose one you shouldn't have, and, and that's happened the last two weeks. They lost to the Raiders, and if they played the Raiders ten times, they'd beat them nine, probably. Uh, and this one, I, I'd, I'd make the same argument. You play the, the Chiefs ten times, maybe you win three, just because of the matchup issues. And th- this was a game where it just worked. When you talk about coaching and adjustments and all this, the adjustments that they made on defense to go a totally, totally, against how they want to play, how they normally play. You know, pressing and, and really getting in guys' faces, that's not who they are. And for that to work, the pass rush had to work. It did. And offensively, I, I guess I, I'm the biggest culprit. I have to get used to the fact that this is who they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe not to this extreme. I asked uh, Frank Reich what is the perfect his perfect offense, offensive approach, he said 250 yards passing and 150 rushing. But in this case, they thought they needed to flip it, and they did. I just, I just, we've talked about this earlier in the year. I just don't think this is how you're going to get where you want to go over the long haul. I, as, as strong as the running game is, they've got to do more in the passing game. But for this game, this is how you had to do it. You, you played some rope a dope, you played ball control, you limited Mahomes opportunities and it worked i'll tell you who got after patrick mahomes was justin houston for sure with uh and, and also on the fourth down play when he's just in the back you're not blocking i know right he's right there on he's the right corner. there and he, you've got to block him you 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 saw him for like eight nine years of his career eight years how it's it's mind-boggling it, it reminded me of whatever year it was in 2002 or 2003 and the colts were playing the patriots in the dome and it was like fourth and one at the goal line and the Colts didn't block William McGinnis and he tackles Edron James for a loss. That's the one, I mean, the one guy. And again, this, this is Justin Houston for crying out loud. You know, he's amped and it's funny. He told us on Thursday how it's just another game. Right. Uh, yeah, we knew he was lying, and he was, and, and good for him. And, and the Colts had him mic'd up, or maybe it was the NFL that had him mic'd up. I, I forget where I saw it, whether it was the Colts Twitter or the NFL Twitter, right. seeing seeing his reaction throughout the game and after the game. You could tell that this was more than just a one in sixteen, one of 16 regular season games to Justin Houston. He came out, he showed out, and he certainly helped the Colts win the game. So it, sure. it, it, it reminded me of, I think it was the 2015, when Andre Johnson, had two good games for the Colts. Yes, he did. Both against Houston. Yes, they were. So, and, and sometimes we overplay 
the going home aspect, sometimes that's the motivation you need because Justin Houston had been a, in the pass rush had been a little quiet for two games. If they can get that pass rush, and it's going to be led by him now that Kamoko Ture is out for the season, uh, this defense has got a chance. I was going to say, that's that's the, certainly the most disappointing thing coming out of this game is losing Kamoko Ture, Mike. So we'll shift our focus into the looking forward now. If you don't have Ture, that's certainly a blow to your defensive front, as well as he's played um, at the start of the season. I think he's been one of the more pleasant surprises on the defensive side of the ball. Had a great week one against the Chargers. Had a sack there. Probably should have had a second sack right. that was taken away. Um, and then was, again, uh, productive yesterday as well. So I certainly disappointing, not just for for this year, but for a guy who's still a developing defensive end just his second year, this is going to set him back a little ways and it's going to take a while for him to get back to form now. And, and, and you know, then the other guys have, have to sort of fill in. Ben Banigou, I assume. Uh, Danico Autry. And I tell you, a player that really needs to step up and, and sort, of, sort of help fill the void and do what he's done is Marcus Hunt. And he, he will get more chances probably outside uh, than he has, but uh, he's been very, very quiet for five weeks. And it, it, you always hate to see a guy go down, but that, that's opportunity for someone else. And somebody has got to step up and help fill that void. Uh, it's going to help to get Jabal shared really back, back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we, we've seen... I've always said he's one of the more underappreciated players yep. on this defense. We've he, said that in the offseason. Like him ju- on the defense, Costanzo on the offense. He, he, he just, is valuable. He just makes a difference. He just does. So it'll be by committee. But having said that, Justin Houston needs to be that guy. Last time, well, he had a pretty good season last year. Mm-hmm. What he had was it nine sacks and then two in the in the postseason or whatever. Both against the Colts. Both against yeah. both against a quarterback who's no longer playing. But uh, again, for this defense to work whether they're pressing or whether they're playing zone, kind of a pass rush. Also on the defensive side of the ball, bye week is certainly beneficial this time of the year because you can get a couple players healthy. Darius Leonard has been cleared to return. Says who? Says Darius says Leonard. Says Darius Leonard. You, you always want to check for the source. Right. And when, when the player says, I've been cleared, good for you. Good job. That's Good right. Job, Thank you very much. And and, and that, I think that was frustrating to to a lot of Colts fans before last week because I mean he missed three games. That's a long time with a concussion. Number one, but I mean the first game he's at home uh, with like acting a fool with his head with right. his helmet on and cheering and taking Instagram videos. So you see that you're like, all right, he, he's okay. He'll be back next. Well, he wasn't back next week. Well, the second game he was down on the sideline. Correct. Again, cheering, jumping around. And then wasn't cleared for the third game. You're like, what the heck is going on? Why is he doing all these? They, like, it, it, I understand why people were frustrated by that, um, going in and seeing Darius Leonard miss three games. But hopefully, hopefully, that is now in the past. Darius will be back. Well, it, it, that just shows you that you can't th- – this isn't like a high ankle sprain where it's four to six weeks. Yeah. It, it, concussions are just – they're strange animals, and people react differently. And we've seen uh, – I, I see a dozen plays – Every game, how you wonder how a guy doesn't come away with it. Go go back to uh, T.Y. Hilton getting lit up. Uh, how does that? And then guys get it and it lasts. Some guys miss no miss no time. Some guys miss. You know, Clayton Gathers missed two games last year. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just you. This is the one injury that there's no really blueprint for how long it's going to be. There are protocols you have got to pass, 
and apparently he did on Monday. Speaking of, Clayton Gathers also had a concussion. That's why he missed the Chiefs game. So maybe if he misses two weeks again like he did last year, then he'll be on schedule to return as well. But let, let's point this out. In the absence of Malik Hooker and George uh, and, uh, and Clayton Gathers, George Odom and Kari Willis did pretty darn well. There weren't any plays where that I saw that I remember that the Colts were just gashed deep. The only ones really were when Mahomes had to scramble out of the pocket and six, seven, eight and seconds. You can't, you can't make that exactly. throw, and he did. I don't care if it's Ed Reed and Ronnie Lott back right. there. It doesn't matter. You're, somebody's going to get open. Mahomes found him, and with his arm talent, he can get there, and he did. But that, that, it, it shows just the value of uh, George Odom. He's a special mm-hmm. teams guy. He had played, was, I don't know what it was, less than 20 snaps in the first four games, and then he starts. Kari Willis has played really, really well. So that's, again, my only concern on defense moving forward is you're still playing so many rookies, but this bye, you're, you're going to get Leonard back. Good chance you get Gathers back because the bye gives you that another right. game, another game type stage. Malik Hooker, I talked to him last week, and he's optimistic he's going to play against Houston. That's, that'll be on the very short side of the four to six weeks, uh, and he's, he is a, a quick healer. And he's very, very aware of the injury tag. And fair or not. That he has justifiably, I believe, been given. Right. Yeah, you can I, say I, fair I, or not. I, I agree. You're, yes. you're talking. Over he, his career. Because what he talked about is he was never hurt at Ohio State. Well, since he's been here, he had, the, he had the hip surgery coming in, then the knee, and then he missed the playoff game last year with an ankle. So there are issues, and he knows that. And again, there were some balls thrown up by Mahomes, that if Hooker's out there, he probably gets them. Mm-hmm. So to get him back would be huge. It, it's This is sort of similar to last year where over the first month, six games of the season, the defense was sort of feeling its way, and then it got its act together. Hopefully that's what this defense can do again. But you've got to get your main players out there to where you're not relying on rookies week after week. Another player who could benefit from this bye week is Tyquan Lewis on the defensive line. Has missed games with an ankle injury. And as we mentioned before with uh, Kamoko Ture out for the rest of the year, there are now more opportunities for these guys on the defensive line. And a guy like a Lewis who has experience on the end, we know the Colts have moved him inside. That's where they like him. But he can play both on the interior and the exterior, just like Marcus Hunt, who you mentioned earlier, Mike. So another player. The only issue with him is he's not practiced yet. Right. Unlike Leonard, who had practiced, I think he practiced once the week prior to the Kansas City Week Limited, and then he's practiced three times. We've not seen Tyquan Lewis for two weeks, probably. What a weird year for Tyquan Lewis. First, he's inactive week one. And he then, made it sound like he was out of shape. Yeah. Or game shape. Well, yeah, there's, there, there's something fishy. Right. And this is the chance. This is again. You hate to see guys go down, but this is when other players get the chance to step up. And when you get that chance, you've got to cash in. We've seen that with Pasco. We've seen that with Odom. That's what you do. That's how Jordan Wilkins. It's not injury. I love related. Jordan Wilkins. Let me say, man, I love <laughs> me some Jordan Wilkins. We were talking. We've talked in the media room. Everybody's got their favorite guy and all this, and and. uh I just sort of like Jordan Wilkins. I don't think he's not a feature back. He's not. Uh, but he's your number two running back. Mm-hmm. And that's no no disrespect for to Naeem Hines. When I see them go with Naeem Hines as a running back, I cringe. Yeah, you're like, no. But, but I tell you, as receiver, he's really tough to deal yeah. with. But mm-hmm. when it comes to giving Marlon Mack a blow, Jordan Wilkins, he gives you, when you get those six or eight carries, he's going to get you positive yards for the most part. 
And I just, he, he knows his role and he's really good at it. Joe, did you look up uh, Jordan Wilkins' stats? I saw you fiddling on your computer over there when we were talking. Or can you do that? You can do that. He was, he was checking out some other yeah. website. Of course. I was looking at Deion Kane, who I thought has been uh, very quiet this season. But he has been quiet. Jordan yeah. Wilkins up right now. Pretty good about drawing pass interference penalties, though. He is, yeah, dude. Just send him deep. He's got, like, he's got two for like 100 yards. That's awesome. Like, sure it is. If you could do that. And throw, you go deep and I'll throw it and run into the guy and we'll get some big yardage. I, I mean, seriously, though, like that's happened twice in five weeks. If you get, like, you're on pace to do four more or five more, that, like, that's awesome. That's amazing. They talk hidden yardage. That. I mean, that, that's yeah. a, it's a 50-yard completion. Yeah, Joe. One time this season, they're going to complete that. I know. One time. Uh-huh. Um, Jordan Wilkins on the year is averaging 6.6 yards per carry. That's with a negative two-yard game against Atlanta and the big eight-yard loss against Kansas City. What was his yards per attempt last year? Was it like five, six? six? Five point something. Yeah, it was five point something. And, And of course, his big 50-yard run uh, that one week helped. uh, Right, and and he had a a big one last year, and he had a big one this year, which is going to help it, but... Yeah, in 2018, on 60 carries, he had 5.6 yards there per carry. Again, and he, is, he, 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 he was looked at as a short yardage power guy, but he's shown some pretty good burst. So I, that's what you've got to have as that, as that number two guy. Now, again, if, if you know, heaven forbid Marlon Mack goes down, the running game is going to struggle. Yeah, that makes you the, nervous. It, it just changes the d- dynamics. But the way it's set up, again, using Wilkins as that, when you need a, a a little blow, and then you got Naheem Hines, it's just not fair. When he's matched up on linebackers, he makes people miss. Mm-hmm. Had a great spin and in converted third down, so I, he's he's great at what he does. Well, we'll uh, we'll close out the injury segment with uh, with Marlon Mack and T. Y. Hilton, both guys who have who have fought through injuries just this last week to be on the field. Uh, the the bye will certainly be beneficial, perhaps most for these two guys who have who have battled injuries and are still able to play, but you know they're in the training room the next day getting treatment on those injuries, on that ankle. Uh, Marlon Mack on calf and ankle, whatever it is that's wrong with him. So um, if you get a weekend off and you're fighting through pain, I can't speak enough about how that could benefit you down the road. So those are probably your two biggest offensive weapons throughout the start of the season, and they're going to be healthier come week seven, or week six, week seven when they're back. It was mentioned that... um, Mac went to Kansas City and wasn't sure he was going to play until he tested it. Well, thank God he did so right. for the Colts. Right. And, and again, with T.Y., he's, I think he only had, was it four catches for 30-some yards? Yep. But it, he just he just makes a difference. He gives you the threat, and he opens things up. And they were never going to take too many shots downfield anyway against Kansas City. That, that wasn't the game plan. I, and again, we got Houston coming up, and we all know how T.Y. owns the Texans. Maybe he'll, he'll wear that. Clown mask. Into, I would love it. Into Lucas Oil. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool? Yes. But again, and we can transition to where we want to go, but the Houston game coming out of the bye is going to be monster. Well, it's not exactly going to be back for Houston, but Devin Funches again, one right. quick injury note. I mean, he's going to come back eventually, too, sometime. This is eight. He misses eight games, so we're talking week week nine or week ten. Yes, yeah, so Houston seven, eight, nine. nine okay, nine is at Pittsburgh. Ten is Miami. So 10, you get Miami and Jacksonville at home, both of those two. So you're at home for week 10 and 11. Well, no, you also got Paris Campbell out. Right. Which we don't we don't know. They never gave us a 3 to 4, 4 to 6 or whatever, an abdominal and that, that's, procedure. I, that's always dangerous when he doesn't give a timeline or like doesn't even mention it. He's like out in depth. When I hear indefinitely, well, the only, I'm like, The only guy I, I would defend him on that is he told us the day that it happened. Uh-huh. He, he did say, 
let's see how you know this thing goes. We'll get we'll have an idea. We've not talked to Frank Reich since okay. since then. But, okay, but that's one you, you just hope that the rookie season is not going to be a total wipeout or a red shirt type season for Paris Campbell because I still think this guy. Again, we're only talking five games in. He can still have a major major impact on this offense absolutely and no no one's really stepped up as a second threat outside of ty hilton eric ebron has been less than impressive this year i mean jack doyle's been jack doyle he's been old reliable five six 7.6 and that's not meant as a criticism no not at all like that that's great but and Deion kane has, has drawn pass interference penalties like with the best of them but um, but we haven't seen anyone like as a as a real dangerous threat guy that defenses are scared of right now besides T.Y. Hilton. In Deion Kane, four catches, 52 yards. He's probably had 12 or 13 targets. I haven't got that figure in front of me. Uh, let me go. 12 targets on the season. Yep. Uh, 0 for 5 against Oakland. That was really a tough game for mm. him. Yeah. But, but again, you're looking. You've got T.Y. Hilton, who's missed a game, 24 catches. The next receiver is Paris Campbell. And then it's Zach Pascoe with seven, mm-hmm. so it, they've got they've got to get more out of the receivers, and they will, I assume, because I think they realize you just can't pound away people because at some point teams are going to take take scheme to take that away. But uh, we'll see who steps up. I just. With this group, I'm just not sure who it's going to be. I think if you went into the season thinking coming into this bye week, the Colts would be 27th in passing yards per game in the NFL, uh, you'd be scared to death. Uh, a, because you'd probably be worried about Andrew Luck. Well, that 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 train has left the station a long time ago. But um, but Jacoby Brissett, even in maybe a lack of massive production through the air, has been at least efficient through the air. He's thrown 10 touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, that's a pretty good ratio through five games. I mean, you're on pace for like a 30 and nine during the season or something like that. Which that's you, pretty good. Which, oh, yeah. which, which you'd take. Ten times out of ten. What, what, what's got to change, and either it will or, the, or this is who they are, he's averaging 6.4 yards per attempt. And that's, that's, sort, of, that's sort of the standard of how your passing games are working and 9.8 per completion. Mm-hmm. You know, they're top, you know, T.Y. Hilton, 9.7. You know, really? With a long of twenty six, that that's not Ty, right? But I'm I'm gonna give Ty kudos. He he's he he's he's bought in. He he understands where they are and what they need to do. Uh, he said he's got to hone up on his blocking. He had that bogus blocking and back, which was you hate to complain about the officials, but they've been awful. Not just that game. No, it's all been, season yeah. with all all games. But did you did you see the Packers uh, Cowboys game at all? It was yes. it was dreadful, absolutely yes. dreadful. Well, the one the one thing that and and Frank Reich still hasn't bought in yet is challenging interference penalties. I don't think anybody around the league he, knows. He told us maybe ten days ago that what the league is telling you is don't challenge. Yeah, unless it's just. You know what it was to, to to get this new penalty with the Saints and Rams. Right, they're telling you we're not going to overturn this, yeah. and coaches still say, "But that's should be overturned." But look at it, right? And there have been some that, and again, not just in Colts, like but, Ty's penalty again, right. like not the block in the back penalty that he right. had, like that. That's ridiculous yeah, pass offensive pass interference penalty. Yeah, where he doesn't even touch the guy. Right, and there was one where he's called for blocking downfield, and you can block one yard of the line of scrimmage. Right, and he's hardly off the line, and he's called for it. So. But, but the league is te- the league is telling you unless the guy takes out a crowbar and hits your player, 
we're not flipping this in, but coaches are still going to change. Well, if they're going to do that, why wouldn't they just make it only challengeable from upstairs, like when there's only two minutes left? Why even let the coaches challenge? Why not let their own guys make the change from upstairs? I th- I think that this rule is going to fade into the background after this season. It's a one and done. Yeah, it was a reactionary rule to what happened in a championship game, and just judging by how they've called it through the first quarter of this season, you, you can't. You, they've got to stop it because it's annoying coaches. It's frustrating coaches. It's frustrating fans. It's it's ludicrous the way that it's set up right now because you can see penalties or not penalties, and still it's coming back. Oh, play stands is called. Sorry, no. You, well, you don't and, get and, it. and that's after they've reviewed it right. you know, on and on and on, slow motion and review and re- rewind. That's what that's what's frustrating is when your eyes tell you this this didn't happen, and they say the 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 play on the on the on the call in the field stands. That's what's frustrating. This will be a one and done, and it won't be a dark spot in the NFL because things go away. But this was reactionary to that one egregious penalty. Yep. And it's going to be 17 weeks of pain all the way. We mentioned culture 27th in the NFL in passing yards. Uh, they are fifth in the NFL in rushing yards, Mike. So that that's what Frank Reich wants. He said top five rushing attack, and look at him. And uh, you did not think that was going to happen. Well, throughout I've got the year, I've but... got a lunch bet with Frank Reich on uh-huh. this. I said there's no way. I said unless you run the ball, you know. I said of course you've got the hammer because you can call a play. <laughs> but he's he's convinced. He of really it. wants that lunch from you, Mike. He, yeah, he didn't know it was going to be at White Castle or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah. and if I win, it'll be down at uh, Roos Chris for lunch. That's right. But it's it's what they've done it through, just just running the offense. They they they've not forced it. They've stuck with it sometimes. What they've got to do is get a little more consistent at it because Max had the two big games. And then a couple of so-so games, and then it just it went nowhere against the Raiders. But fifth against fifth running, 142 yards a game, and then I think they're 13th in yards per attempt, 4.47. The standards four, so uh, they've done a really good job, except for Oakland, uh, of minimizing the, the negative plays, mm-hmm. which negative runs they they just kill you. I mean, yep. it, it's it's like a false start instead of and it's worse because you lose the down right instead of second and six, it's it's first and fifteen, and or, or first and thirteen, or second and thirteen. So, yeah, it, it's. I, I am a little bit surprised. I want to see if they can maintain this, because Mac's going to be. He's got one hundred and one carries. The next running back's got nineteen. Kobe Brissett's got twenty four. So you know, can can he continue to be the guy? You know, he's on pace for what uh, fifteen hundred and four yards. Well, I was looking at the attempts, 300, oh. 300 attempts, Ugh. and that's <laughs> that's just, oh geez, that's that's a bunch. So and it's it's not he's not Edron James. Edron James used to thrive on three hundred and fifty carries a season. Where that backup guy is, is it Wilkins? Is it Jonathan Williams? If he ever you know comes mm-hmm. back from the rib, but mm-hmm. I don't. I, I can see Mac maintain his yards per game and attempt. Average, I'm not sure how he maintains 101, whatever that pace is. That's what, 20 carries, 
20 carries a game, but that, that's a lot. Let me make a quick point. I, I've been making some um, some on-pace comments here today, and, and, and normally I'm not that guy. I don't like on-pace for because it, it, it it's tiring to get, like, after two games of the regular season, oh, Patrick Mahomes is on pace to throw 127 touchdown passes after two games. So, like, that, that, that annoys the heck out of me. But n- now that we're five games into the season, I think I can say a few and get away from it. So, so same thing with, like, the, the first carry of the game, like Matt Breida for the 49ers just this weekend, like, goes for a 70-yard touchdown run against, right. the, against the Browns. Like, oh, Matt Breida, he's on pace for a 1,000 yards rushing. To, uh, shut up. Uh, no, st- he, stop. He, he, he crossed 100 yards in, like, the fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. Right. Th- but, things but, have a way but, of evening out. Yeah, that, that, that's that's my little on-pace for rant. So, so don't be on-pace guy in, like, the first quarter. But but you can you can take a more of a snapshot through five games. That That is fair. But he, again, Marlon Max on pace for 323 carries. Yeah, that's a lot that's of too many. It's yeah. It's... For a team that and a coach who insists on back by committee, and I just want to see where that where they get the help from because Naheem Hines again snapshot thirteen carries thirty yards, love him as a receiver out of the backfield, not so much as a runner. They've got to find some way to where it's not Marlon Mack going. What he had twenty nine carries against the Chiefs. Again, I think that's an aberration. That love it to be in in the right around twenty. 29 is way too much for him. Through five games, the Colts also only have five turnovers, averaging just one giveaway per game, and that's uh, fifth best in the NFL. Last year, the Colts were not good in this. They were 24th in the NFL in turnovers uh, in giveaways, and that, in part, is is Andrew Luck. You got some of those bonehead throws, as he calls them, and um, Jacoby's had a had a handful of those. He had honest. one against the Chiefs where you th- yeah. thought you didn't see the safety. Yeah, like you saw him. Like, I saw yeah, the no, safety. No kidding. Yeah, no kidding. It was you. Tyron Matthew just jumps right in front of it. Eric Ebron's like in the end zone. Uh, oh my goodness, what just happened? Um, but but yeah, only five turnovers. And if you stay on that pace, honestly, I looked up last year. Um, only four teams in the NFL were able to keep a pace of one giveaway or fewer. Throughout a 16-game season, like so you, per game, exactly per game. So y- yes, thank you for for clarifying. Oh, only one giveaway. That's it for the entire. No, uh, <laughs> I, I, I tell nice. you, one, one stat that's just it's crazy. After five games, the Colts 27 penalties for 199 yards. The opposition 46 for 428. That's incredible. Is is that? Uh, let let me throw this out. Is that a Quentin Nelson effect? Maybe, but well, but but, you, I, but I don't want to say that for sure. I'm I'm just I'm spitballing here. But, but then you get the two the two defensive pass interferences, right, which were probably 100 yards. Yeah, the Colts have got 19 first downs by penalty. That's where you just say thank you very much. You know, thank you, sir. I have another. All right, I appreciate it. So, but but again, it, it's it's been the first five games. I thought if they could come out of the first five games, two and three, pretty good shape. Three and two again. I I asked Frank Reich about that, and because because Jim Irsay after the game was mentioning, you know, this is this sets it sets us up really well in the conference, and with the pro- right now, if you look at the standings, the Colts are number seven in, in, in the conference as far as playoffs. So they're on the outside looking in, but this next stretch, starting with Houston, will tell us an awful lot about what this team can do. If you're going to make hay in the division. You've got to beat the Texans, certainly at home. Mm-hmm. We talked about this last week, Mike, and we'll we'll wrap up our stat discussion with this. Is um, the Colts' run defense? It, it still is is you can't say that it it's all not fixed. good enough. Yeah, after after the Chiefs game, where they're throwing the ball left and right and everywhere. So um, Colts this season, they're 17th against the run in the NFL, so they're in the bottom half, just barely of the league, right in the middle. 
But what the I guess what jumps out on the page at you is they're 28th in the league. Yards in, per attempt. Exactly. They're allowing more than five yards per carry. So it, there's something clearly wrong there that hopefully you you throw Matt Eberflus and uh, his defensive line and linebackers coach in a room during this bye week and say, hey, what, what do we need to do to fix this? Well, and, and those numbers are skewed also by the Andy Reid effect, who, who tends to get away from the running game at first chance. Growing up in Philadelphia, I can confirm that report. <laughs> so so again, it's we're not, we're not breaking new ground here. The, the running game's A1, and the running defense, has, you've got to get it fixed because if teams can run on you, they can do whatever they want to do against you. And we'll see if moving forward, again, losing uh, Kamoko Ture doesn't necessarily impact your run defense. But it'd be nice to get Tyquan Lewis back and have him shore up the middle of the line. You mentioned the Colts' schedule after the bye. Let's look at that. They have Houston, first of all, at Lucas Oil Stadium, then Denver at Lucas Oil Stadium. So back-to-back games at home coming off the bye. That's great. Um, Houston has uh, has had a couple games where they've looked really good and really dangerous this year. Heck, Will Fuller last week caught 14 passes for 200-plus yards. That's them. Couple, yeah. Th- 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 yep. This is who they are. Yes, it is. Up, up and down, Jekyll and Hyde. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to win one from the Colts, it's probably going to be the one here, to be honest, because the Colts own them at T.Y. Hilton Stadium down in, uh, in down in Houston. But nevertheless, that's that's one that coming off a of bye, you you have a better chance at home than than not coming off the bye. So that's that's uh, comforting, I guess, to get them coming off a of bye week. Denver um, was owned four to start the season. I know they then beat the Chargers last week. Stunner. Yeah, uh, another stunner uh, that. The Chargers just look dead in the water. And that's what you sometimes get from the Chargers. Like, Chargers, uh, yeah. Anyway, I, I, I don't want to talk about the Chargers. I'm, I might have lost money on them this week, but we'll, we'll move on Ooh, from that. He's yeah. biased. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Houston, Denver at home, and then at Pittsburgh. Um, Pittsburgh, who knows what their quarterback situation is right now. Did you see that hit on Mason Rudolph? It, was, it, it reminded me in a snapshot of Austin Colley. Yeah, when he was in Philadelphia and he was out before he hit the ground, and it's just mm-hmm. scary. And then to make matters worse, he's got to walk off the field. Are you kidding me? That's just what a horrible. What, look. What, whatever the reason that somebody was using the cart, the cart was broken. Whatever you've well, got, the NFL came back and said our medical experts cleared him and said he was fine to walk off the yeah. field. Of and course blah, they blah, did. Blah, it, I don't care. Wrong with they took the, they, they care. took the guy's face mask off his helmet to make sure. No, that that was. I don't care if you get somebody's Edsel out there. They've got to get a car out there to take him off the field. I, I just, but back to the hit, it was you know I, I've not we've not seen the 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 finds. It was Earl Thomas. Yes, it was. Lit him up. There's going to be something there. Yeah. And again, when you see quarterbacks hit like that, I, I, it reminded me so much of when was it Nick Barnett or someone with the Packers in the Chuck Pagano game in 2012 when against the Packers, and, and Luck just got lit up. Mm-hmm. Same type of play. And he, he got up and walked around, walked off, which is strange. Hmm. But when you see a quarterback go limp before he even hits the ground, it was really scary. So it, it, the Colts could face Mason Rudolph if he's back by then. I mean, if he's able to walk off the field, I think that's an encouraging sign for the Steelers. So uh, likely him, but it's still not Ben Roethlisberger anymore. And that offense has certainly been far from what it was with uh, Roethlisberger and Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Amazing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you you lose three, you know, crazy great players and and you your offense is in tatters and James Conner's been sort of up and down and, that, and they still no, brought the Ravens to overtime last exactly. week. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
Yeah. And it took a, and it took a fumble by Schuster by Smith Schuster. Yep. To give him the chance. Yep. Um, after Pittsburgh, Miami, and we all know uh, that's at home. So the Colts get Miami at home. I think uh, if you're putting wins and losses, that's likely one in the W column. Uh, Jacksonville next at home. And by then, that's week 11, I believe, of the season. Nick Foles will be eligible to come back from IR. For that game? I think so. Well, if if not the week before, uh, because it was the same thing as Devin Funchess. Collarbone week one. True. So if Funchess is eligible to come back week 10 against Miami, then... Uh, Foles will be able to eligible to come back the week before the Colts game as well. Fifth Minshew mania is over by then. That's right. Who knows? You, you keep waiting for for people to catch up with this kid. Mm-hmm. Maybe they won't. I mean, you know, sometimes guys just seize the moment mm-hmm. and, and have their career takes off. We'll see. We, we were saying before the show. I mean, the the Jaguars are home favorites this week. But more betting talk. I don't, I don't want to make this. I don't want to get too much into. But I am this week. You, sir, have a problem. Uh, no, 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 no. But uh, the, the Jaguars are favored by one point at home against the Saints. The Saints this week. That's stunning to me that the Saints people, are People must be expecting Bridgewater to, to, the to Jaguars. sort of taper off. He, he was pretty know. good last week. That's a, right. And that defense that New Orleans has is fantastic. They have a great defense. Anyway. When you look at the, the Colts coming out of this bye, for the next five at home, and again, Houston's going to tell us a lot, but those ne- these next five teams are seven and eighteen, three and two Houston, one and four Denver, one and four Pittsburgh, zero oh and five Miami, two and three Jacksonville, which they're sort of hot and cold. You don't don't yep. know what you're going to get. Yep. Th- this is when you find out how impactful December is going to be. This is the stretch that really lets you uh, set yourself up. I'm not saying go five and zero oh and all of a sudden you're eight and two at all. But this is a chance to really do some damage and put pressure on other teams. You know, you've already beaten Tennessee in Tennessee. And the other games, I haven't got the schedule in front of me, but you've got uh, Tampa Bay. You've got Carolina. Yeah, so- after, uh, after Jacksonville there, Houston again, then Tennessee at home, at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans. And Drew Brees should be back by then. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, then at home against Carolina, Cam Newton could be back by then, and then at Jacksonville in Week 17. Carolina might be better without Cam Newton, right? That's so, so uh, the, the whole point is that if if this team is is much closer to what we saw against the Chiefs as opposed to what we saw against Oakland, this is the stretch of games. I realize Frank's into the one and zero, and I totally understand that. But if you look in the big picture, these next five games are going to tell us what this Colts team is and can be. What uh, what record do you think they need, Mike, throughout these next five games for you to feel comfortable at the end of those five games saying the Colts are in pretty good shot to make the playoffs? Does it need to be 4-1 or do you four think 3-2? Four and and okay, okay. Three and 3-2 three and two means, you're, very much up it in means the you're losing a home game to yeah. Houston. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, 3-2 and two is, is you're right back where you were. So, no, 4-1. and one. And I can argue that 5-0 and oh should be not – Unrealistic uh, at all, and it, and that's Pardon not and that's not trying to say homework. So if they if we do if we do this and we no if, if they if they can play their game and avoid the the drops and the the bad penalties that they had against the Raiders, this is the stretch that sets you up for something really special. Remember Ursay talking about, and of course we this is where we got in trouble in, in the press room talking about going into the Oakland game. Boy, if they win this one, Oakland. And then you lose with KC. Boy, look at the schedule. Mm-hmm. Well, we're back there. Look at the schedule. Take care of your business. 
And we're not talking doing anything super special other than keeping Deshaun Watson from going perfect game again like he did this past game. Right. It's there for you if you can take care of it. All right. Uh, let's get into a separate discussion throughout the first five weeks of the season. We've seen a good portion of the Colts. It's not as much uh, guessing anymore as it was during our all of our preseason shows and our training camp shows, postulating about what might be. Now we actually have a good fundamental idea of who the Colts are, who they can be, who they could be in a uh, bad way as well. Um, so through these first five games, Mike, um, let's uh, all of us, Mike and Joe and myself, give our uh, offensive and defensive MVPs for the Colts. And uh, then we'll get into a couple more of those questions uh, afterwards. So we'll, we'll start on those two, offensive and defensive MVPs. Uh, Mike, if you are ready, we will start with you. Offensive MVP, it's, it's Marlon Mack. I, I'm not going to go the easy route and say the offensive line. That's just it's, it's too easy. Or Quentin Nelson, because then that's, that's kind of dissing the other guys. Marlon Mack, what, what he's done is, is what you say is on pace for 1,500 yards. He allows him to do a lot of things, ball control, and, and work the passing game. So he, he's my offensive MVP. Joe, Max, right up there. I'm going to say Brissett. I mean, he he easily could have came out and fallen on his face this season. And ten touchdowns to three interceptions, close to 65 percent passing. At I think Colts fans have to be happy with that, and he's played well enough to go three and two. I, I like Marlon Mack probably for my MVP too. But Joe, you make a great point. I mean, if if you could say going into the year, if you could give me Jacoby Brissett's stat line after Andrew Luck retired, I think Colts fans had to be happy with that. I'd be more than happy with that. Uh, maybe wanting a couple more yards, as, we, as we've said before, but with the touchdown interception ratio, completion percentage, amount of times he's been sacked, hasn't been that many. Was it been six times he's been sacked this year, which is like third fewest in the league right now? That's correct. Last year it was 18 over the whole course of the year. They're on pace. Let me go back to on pace for just about the same thing again this it year. It takes one Jacksonville game to end that. Oh my, yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Um, but, 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 but I like the point for there. I think there's a lot of guys you can make a point for. But Marlon Mack, I, just with what he's meant to the offense and the stats that he has, it's hard to keep it away from him specifically. Um, and and we mentioned already he's on on, God, on pace. Uh, f- could can't be help a fifteen. Yourself, I know. Yeah. No, I can't. Now, now that it's, now that the cat's out of the bag, I'm done. Uh, but it's possible 1,500-yard season. Hey, Jim Ursay, there you go. Our boy Jimmy saying Marlon Mack's a 1,500-yard back. You just, are just, just a year early, apparently. Yes, apparently. The, the thing I'll say about Brissett, in my mind, he was he was the biggest question mark going into the season. Once Luck's gone, it's how will Brissett play? Because we didn't we – didn't, I mean, you honestly didn't know. You, you got to throw out 2017. He had a very uneven training camp. In preseason, so I think there was a lot of questions on on can he do it, and he's shown it I, again. I think he still needs they still need to push the ball down the field more, mm-hmm. but what what they've asked him to do so far, uh, no complaints. And, and I think Mike, we, we've talked about this this year too. Like uh, there, there's probably a difference between your offensive MVP so far and your most indispensable player because we've talked about Ty Hilton perhaps being the most indispensable outside of the quarterback, of course the most indispensable player because if you're you're without Marlon Mack we've like that's that's obviously not good but if you're without T.Y. Hilton I think you would if if given the choice you had to miss one guy I would say well give me Marlon Mack we'll roll the dice with what Jordan Wilkins and Naeem Hines can do because T.Y. Hilton this year has been so much so valuable in the passing game and since the start of his career and with the Colts five games without T.Y. Colts have lost all five of them I'm still 
I'm going to be the last guy off the ship when it comes to indispensable players. I'm still saying Costanzo is my right. number two. That's I'm going to be stubborn. And, and he's had a tremendous year, too. Right. Another guy. I, I, I just think I'd, I'd rather trust Sirianni and Reich to, to scheme, let's say, a month without T.Y., and that's dreadful to think of, mm-hmm. as opposed to a month without my left tackle. I just I think without the left tackle, we saw the last month or the first month of the season last year, uh, maybe I'll you guys will win me over at some point, but I still say quarterback one and left tackle two, and and then then we can and argue. Maybe, and I think it is a good argument. Ty and Ty Mac. Or, or Marlon Mack. Joe, you have any thoughts on that before we move to defensive MVP? I know I I, 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 I pulled this out of my hat. I know, yeah. I just hope the Colts. I, I agree with um, I agree with Costanzo because yeah. I you know the offensive line has just been unreal this year, mm-hmm. and I just hope they can uh, get him re-signed soon. Well, and your backup left tackle has been inactive for five games. Right. Yeah. Which, uh, so, I, again, it's I think it's an interesting discussion uh, because you can make a strong case past the quarterback for all three of those guys. Defensive MVPs next. I'll start off this discussion. Um, and I am going to lean toward Anthony Walker here um, with Darius Leonard out, Walker's leading them in tackles. Um, he's stepped into that role of... Uh, admirably i think in place of darius and um you, you needed a guy to do that uh darius leonard's an all pro talent he's a pro bowl guy he's a defensive rookie of the year and without him you know the colts defense is going to take a hit but um i mean bobby okariki stepped in well i think anthony walker deserves the majority of the credit though for uh for his performance in light of the absence of darius leonard so i'm going to lean toward anthony walker here but i it, it's not, I don't think, a hard, fast stamp that it's him because um, nobody on the defense really seems to have a, as much of a dominant performance as perhaps Marlon Mack or Jacoby Brissett on the other side of the ball. I'll, I'll check Anthony Walker's box, but in my mind, what the first five games have shown us is the defensive MVP is Darius Leonard hmm. because you just can't. And again, it shows me you can't play well without him, but they weren't really super good with him the first two games. But I just think, and again, it's sort of a cop-out going that way. The problem is, again, no one else has really stepped up. Justin Houston, Defensive Player of the Week, which... Had a great game. Yeah, AFC right. Defensive Player of the Week. Great game. So, but, but by and large, he hasn't done what they wanted over five games. And the corners have been so-so, and you've, you've lost Millie Cooker. For, so, it, to me, it's Walker, but, but it, this just verifies to me that Darius Leonard is your, is your MVP on defense. I think it very mild... Very well might have been a hooker if he was able to stay healthy this mm-hmm. entire time, but got to go Walker, leading the team in tackles. Really, you know, no Sheard the first few games, lose Hooker, no Leonard. He's really been that glue that's kind of stepped up to be the leader on that defense when a lot of other uh, cornerstones were out through different phases of the first five games. So who needs to step up then? Well, two more questions. One is who needs to step up? One is Joe brought this up, and I think it's a good question, an interesting discussion at least. If you could add one player from around the NFL to the Colts, it doesn't matter if they're being shopped. doesn't matter. If you could add one player to one position, no matter who it is, to give them a better chance down the stretch, who do you think Maybe that would minus be? minus quarterback. Okay, minus quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go minus quarterback. No quarterbacks. Anybody else? Um, we'll do player who needs to step up first. Um... Oh boy, um, I think 
I think Darius Leonard needs to step up. I mean, we you talked about Mike that the Colts weren't that great with him the first two weeks of the year, and he he said himself he graded an F week one against the uh, against the Chargers. He came back and had an okay week two, was maybe nine tackles or so. But I mean, maybe maybe we got spoiled with Darius Leonard last year with his fourteen and nineteen tackle performances. I think when he comes back, uh, he's going to have something to prove. And we saw last year that Darius Leonard playing with something to prove was a was a good thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean toward Darius Leonard needs to step up if the Colts want to get to where they want to go this year. I, I could buy that, Billy Cooker. I could buy that. But you're, we're talking injured players. Of, of players that aren't injured and all that, I would say a receiver. Uh, a receiver. A receiver, cause, but I don't know who to put it on. A I, pass catcher. How much more can you ask from Pascal? I, I guess of the players who've, who've been not quite what they had been in the past was Chester Rogers. But then I think we're asking players to do more than what the, the, their, their level is. So I'm just going to leave it sort of innocuous and say a receiver because somebody's got to help T.Y. Uh, okay, who, I'll, I'll take another approach. Who needs to step up? Eric Ebron. Mm-hmm. He, we knew he would have a lesser role, not a lesser role, but but fewer chances because of this group. But he's got to do more, and he's got to put that again the the three drops against Oakland. So I'll go Eric Ebron because he he does make a difference when they get down the red zone. Joe, speaking of Ebron, I think he's a great candidate. Um, Deion Kane is up there too. He's had the opportunities to step up, has not seized them. One can even argue he, he's coming off a big week, but Justin Houston has disappeared during certain games this season and has not been what the Colts had hoped for when they signed him to that big money. But looking at Ebron, I mean, he's only playing 40, 45-ish percent of the snaps. You think maybe the Colts kind of try and use him in the slot a little more because they and use him and Ebron, I mean, him and Doyle in tandem because the other wide receivers aren't stepping up? They only. I bet if you looked at his his stats last year, I bet he thirty five forty percent, and that's what Doyle out. So I think they they like how much they're using him. It's just when you're getting forty percent of the snaps and let's say six targets a game, whatever, you can't have the drops he's had. You just can't. And uh, that it's they they took that shot with him against the Chiefs, which certainly wasn't his fault. But he's got to be more of a factor. And whether they try to expand his role. I still think they would prefer to have a receiver in the slot. They'd prefer to have Naheem Hines out there. But somehow or some way, they've got to get Ebron more involved. What's he got? Uh, Ebron has nine catches for 136 and two. Nine catches is just not enough. Through five games, Through five that's games. yeah, it's less than two catches a game. That's it's, what's that forty? No, it's it's thirty five. Yeah, so. yes, yeah. it's not going to work. Twenty targets, so he's catching less than half his targets. Yeah. That's uh, Dante Moncrief territory right there. As of course, Mon- he's been inactive the he last has two been. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Ah, never saw that. I never thought he would be the guy, but I never thought he'd be that guy who can't even get on the field. And final question, one player across the NFL to add. Mike Mike immediately had one or two names that came rolling off the tip of the tongue when this uh, when this question was postulated. I, I, I wish it would have been more with the, the – and the guy might be available. Okay. I would because Khalil Mack added him to the defense. Are you kidding me? Uh-huh. Okay, so who might who might be available? Would you pick AJ Green? I tell you the guy the guy and I don't want to be Mister Fan. Whoever you see guy's name out there, a guy I'd love to see on this team in Minnesota, Stefan Diggs. He's unhappy up there, and I'm again I'm looking. That's why I say well, who needs to step up a receiver? That's what's missing on this offense right now is a second receiver, 
even with Funches here, it wouldn't have been that deep threat. You hope Kane's going to be that guy. If I could add any player, first, I think A.J. Green's a possibility, not for the Colts, to be traded, maybe A.J. Green or Stephon Diggs. If I could have a receiver on this team, I'd take DeAndre Hopkins and not bat an eye. I, if I could add a player, it would be a game-breaking receiver to, to play opposite T.Y. Hilton, then this offense would go to the next level. Joe, what thoughts did you have when you posed this question? I immediately thought, uh, game record on another game record on defense mm-hmm. like an Aaron Donald, Cleo Mack. Take your pick. Do you want the pressure up the middle or from the side? I think maybe up the middle more, might be more valuable with a Houston already there. But th- that's where my mind immediately wandered. But Stephon Diggs, you know, when we're talking more realistic possibilities, Stephon and Ty would be a sexy combo. I yeah I I think Stephon Diggs is the most. Uh, the realistic choice, Aaron Donald, I would love a Fletcher Cox, a defensive tackle, a disruptor in the middle would be highly beneficial. But um, it, it also goes to, I don't know if Chris Ballard's going to be willing to pay the price for Stefan Diggs that the... Well, any guy we're talking about, you're going to pay out the nose for it. Exactly. And, and and I just find it very unlikely that Chris Ballard would do this. So uh, it, it's it's a pipe dream of a discussion, but it's a discussion nevertheless. Sorry to to bring up uh, possible hopes, Colts fans, but I don't think you're getting Stephon Diggs, no, or Cleo Mack, or Cleo Mack, or Aaron Donald, or, Aaron Donald or anybody, or AJ Green, maybe a Madden, maybe maybe you can do that. AFC South this week, the Texans are visiting the Chiefs. If the Chiefs lose back to back games at home, I would be very 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 surprised. I bet they're a little angry. I think so. Battle of some uh, 2017 stud first round quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, both of whom were selected after Mitchell Trubisky. Sorry, not she sorry made. to uh, twist the knife, Bears fans. Um, yeah, Casey traded up 10 for Mahomes. Houston traded up 12 for Watson, and they're the Bears taking uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Trading up from 3-2 to two to get Trubisky. That's right. Uh, Titans visit the Broncos, the 1-4 Broncos, the Titans at 2-3. and three. Denver beat the Chargers last Sunday after starting 0-4, as I mentioned. Uh Titans lost to the Bills at home last Sunday. That was a defensive slobber knocker there. That was a game where the week before, who did Mariota smoke? Somebody, 300 yards, three touchdowns. Yep. And they said, this is the Mariota we've come to expect. And then he played the Bills. And This, this, is, this, is, this, Marcus, this is Marcus fast. Mariota, and it's, it's just who he is. It's, it's a good game, it's a bad game, and it's a null game. Yeah. It was the Falcons who give up. You know, who just gave up 50 to we, the Texans. We, it's clear that we overrated the Falcons and underrated Highly. the Raiders. Dan Quinn's yeah, got to be true. on the hot seat. I think he is. That team's in the tank right now. Yeah, they're not, they're not good. They're not good. Two and three Jaguars will host the four and one Saints, uh, as I mentioned earlier. And the Jaguars are a point favorite. Jaguars are favored by one point in that game for some, some reason. Battle of backup quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew and Teddy Bridgewater. Jalen Ramsey still seeing back specialists, and now I, I think they said he's supposed to practice today. Oh, hey, yeah, so, hey. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about that. We will see about that. So Texans have an opportunity at least to take sole possession of first place in the division, but if they lose to the Chiefs, it would be in fact the Colts with. Sole and that's possession. why I say again, it's crazy to start thinking what if. Yeah, and, I know. and Frank Reich said you get into thinking that and you're crazy, but let's just say. That the the Chiefs win, the Texans go to three and three, and then the Colts, you know, take on the Texans the next week. And, and if you take care of business at home, all of a sudden, you've got semi control of the division. 
but it all comes back to taking care of your own business. No Colts Blue Zone podcast next Monday, as uh, we have just started doing the past couple weeks with the bye week. So we'll be back next Thursday. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Colts Blue Zone podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Colts Blue Zone. You can follow me at Dave G underscore sports. Mike Chappell is at mchappell51, and Joe Hopkins is at Roto Street Joe. And the absent Statomatty, of course, Matt uh, Matt Adams at Statomatty. You know, I bet he didn't bet any money on that his prediction. He probably didn't. So it doesn't matter. So th- exactly, it doesn't it? matter. Put your money where your That's mouth right. is, Matt. Come on. Yeah, you you apparently are. Well, yeah, now hold on. Now hold on. Like I, I I said, like one game that that I that's that how, I mentioned. That's how, that's how they that's all how start. Starts. That's our free. That's, exactly. how, that's how Arch Schleister's career started, and look where he's been. Download and subscribe so you can get the Colts Blue Zone podcast delivered to your podcast listening device you whenever it comes out. That is the Colts Blue Zone podcast. We'll see you next week.